The American hostage crisis is back on again. And for those who are new to the program, that's what Graham Agars, our next guest, calls the US Open because it goes on and on and on and on and on. And hi, Graham, how are you? <laughs> it's actually the 50th anniversary of the uh, hostage crisis. And I've been coming since 1982. So I've been to more than half of them. Um, I don't know if that's good or bad, but it's a fact. Uh, well, okay. So uh, what's changed in that amount of time? Can you remember back that far? I'm not joking. I mean, it's oh, been it's a lot of tennis. No, I, I tell you, everything's changed. Um, first of all, um, when it first went pro, they played at Forest Hills, which is a, a genteel club, not so far away from the current side, but uh, was played on clay and grass. Uh, then they moved to what was a wreck of a place at the end of the runway um, opposite LaGuardia Airport into an old stadium that was used during the, I think, 1950 World Fair in a place called Corona Park uh, in New York. And i got to tell you, it was pretty rough and ready when the USTA came here and a lot of people were saying, what the hell are they thinking? Well, they've invested more than $600 million into this site. It's still at the end of the runway at LaGuardia but the mayor of the city makes the planes fly round the stadium instead of over it now. And um, it's got two of the best, most modern stadiums in the world, the Arthur Ashe Stadium Court, which seats 24,000 people, and a brand-new Louis Armstrong Stadium with a roof, like the Arthur Ashe Stadium Court, that seats about 10. Uh, so this tournament now is sort of weatherproof, which is good. Is the tennis any better? Uh, it's longer. That, that's one thing I can say, because I remember when I first came here in the 80s, part of the Corona Park area, which has the famous globe of the world, which you often see on TV when they show uh, this venue, but it also had a little par three golf course. And there were many of us that used to go out and play for an hour between the day and night session. Well, there is no gap now between the day and the night session. They just kind of run into each other. In fact, frequently delay each other. So uh, in that sense, the, the matches have just got tougher and longer, and that's a credit to um, the skill level and fitness level of the players on both sides of the draw, the men and the women. Same with the covering media. <laughs> it's got to be the same, exactly. doesn't it? <laughs> so what do we know? Tell us. We've only just started. We're off in motion. We've already had, uh, we've already had an upset, a big upset with Halep. What, what else do you need to tell us? Yeah, poor Simona. I mean, she started the the year with that fabulous uh, run through the Australian Open, um, and she was a brave runner-up in a, in a very long and hard-fought uh, final with Caroline Wozniak, and then went on to win the French Open. And it looked like, uh, as the number one, we're finally finding a new woman outside of Serena Williams that might actually, you know, sort of dominate the game. But it didn't happen. She made an early exit at Wimbledon and then became the first um, women's number one in the professional era since '68, basically. Uh, to lose in the first round. So what started out as such a promising year has, has really gone in the tank. But she's such a sweet kid. She took it on the chin today. And, and quite frankly, she had no choice because Kai Kanepi just belted her off the court. 26 winners, and uh, that was all she wrote. It kind of encapsulates women's tennis of, of recent times, though, doesn't it? The, the next great hope, and then just absolutely smashed off the court, and the, the status quo remains. And is that what we're looking forward to for the rest of this tournament? Is it going to be all about the Williams lass again? Yeah, no, if, if, if Serena's out of the draw, anybody can win. And I, I'm, I'm not exaggerating when, I, exaggerating when I'm saying any one of maybe 10 or 12 players can go, go on and win. But if Serena's around and fit and healthy, and she looked pretty good in her first-round match, um, 
you know, she's the one to beat. And it's just a matter of then who makes it to the final to play her. But um, the women do have a problem at this stage um, of getting, a, a, you know, a, anything near a dominant player, which really helps when you have dominant players in the draw. Um, they say it shows a variety in women's tennis. Um, the other argument is that nobody's standing up to be the, the gun player. And all the opportunity has presented itself as well. I mean, I'm not saying that um, Serena is, is unbeatable because we've seen her fall uh, at the last and at the first hurdle as well from time to time. So it, it's not a lay down misere just because she turns up, but it does make it makes it difficult for the rest. Yeah, that's true. And and you know, if if she turns up fit and motivated, um, she is the player to beat. It's simple as that. As you said, she might play a bad match or, or somebody plays the match of their life and she can get knocked out. That's happened here at the US Open. Happened at all the tournaments, really. But the odds are, you know, the deeper she gets into a tournament, the more likely she is to make it to the final. And once she gets there, the more likely she she will win. What about the blokes, Graham Agars? What's happening in the men's side of the draw? Uh, yeah, it, it's hard to know, really, isn't it? Um, uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of picking Novak Djokovic because somehow... Somewhere he rediscovered his game. I don't know whether he found it in a closet at his house or he'd left it in the back of the car. Down or, the back of the I couch, mate. That's where you find everything. Yeah, but, yeah maybe under the seat cushion, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, suddenly Novak, who, you know, flailed around hopelessly for over a year, uh, suddenly bounces back and wins Wimbledon and looked mighty impressive in that. And, and now comes in here to the US Open talking himself up, you know, saying that he's ready to go. So... I think he's the man to beat. Um, I'm not quite sure who's going to make it through to the final because it really is a battle of attrition here. I don't think Roger Federer will, for example. Um, and we might might see a, a surprise. One of the younger players like Alexander Zverev finally step up and do something in a big event. But um, we'll have to wait and see. But I, I'm picking Novak. And match of the day for you today? I think Vavrinka. Um, he's coming back from... Uh, a similar slump uh, to Djokovic, but his was injury caused. Two surgeries on his, I think it was his left knee. So he's fighting his way back. He's not a spring chicken. He's in his 30s. And he beat Dimitrov in the first round handily, 6-3, uh, he, he also cleaned up Dimitrov in the first round at Wimbledon. So he's, he's um, bageled him twice in the opening rounds of Grand Slams, which is not encouraging for Grigor because I think t- time is running out for him. Um, even though he's still ranked in the top 10 in the world. But it's it's encouraging to see Abrinka come back. And it was also encouraging to see Andy Murray, um, who's coming back from major hip problems, uh, get a first-round win over the young Australian, Duckworth. Um, he had to fight, though, 6-3 in the fourth set before he could get through. But Andy said that he liked the way he finished the match. So hopefully he can build some confidence as he goes and, and maybe make it into the second week. Graeme, will you join me on a regular basis throughout the hostage crisis, just like old times' sake? Look, if you insist, us, I'll do it. Love your work, Mr. Agars. Thanks very much for your time. Talk tomorrow. Enjoyed it, mate. See you later. Bye.